So today, as part of our podcast series, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview Pierre Barrieux, the Director of High Performance for Toronto FC, a top MLS team. So Pierre, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. So Pierre, you know, what I want to talk to you about today was talk about your background, uh, your favorite technologies, as well as the challenges you faced with COVID-19 uh, and the importance of technology as part of your job. So how does it sound? Sounds good. Great. So, so Pierre, tell us about your background and how, you know, you got started into the world of elite sports. Uh, my background is I was a, I was a sports and, uh, and, and ex-fist teacher in France. Uh, yeah. I was playing a high-level team and ball. A pretty, and I was coaching at the high-level uh, in soccer. So after a while, I decided to explore a little bit of what was done in the, in the U.S. in terms of um, training, I would say, yeah. training for sports. Um, I also uh, dabbled a little bit with the medical side because I did a master in, in athletic training um, and then very, very quickly got involved with the University of Virginia, um, progressed to uh, U.S. soccer, and this is what, this would be the first time where I would I would be part of, quote-unquote, elite sports. I've been around teams in France, but only in an official uh, in the official role, and uh, so I would say my first time as a uh, as a full time employee of an elite organization would have been with the uh, with the U.S. Soccer Federation, and then I progressed to, to obviously going to a, a few a few World Cups for the U.S. I've I've worked in in England in the Premier League in the Championship, and uh, in France and in MLS, and also working for FIFA. And, and that's great. So, and how long have you been living in the U.S.? I originally moved to the U.S. Uh, after the World Cup '98, yeah, and uh, and then I left the U.S. in 2011. Went to the UAE, went to England, went to Norway, went to France. Came back in the U.S. for the uh, as a director of high performance for the LA Galaxy in August of '17. Great, and you just recently joined the um, the Toronto FC. So a big change for you in Canada, right? I did. Uh, I've been uh, I've been at Toronto with Toronto since the beginning of this year. Yes. Okay. So ca- speaking of that, so could you tell us about your role and responsibilities at the Toronto FC? Mm-hmm. Well, as a director of high performance, I I oversee um, the way I describe it, or the way I sum it up would be that I oversee everything but the but the tactical. So obviously, in charge of the background staff, that would include. The medical staff, the uh, the strength and conditioning staff, nutrition. Um, so I organize everything that we have going on behind the scenes, and I'm also the, the the primary link or the filter with the technical staff and uh, and most specifically the head coach. Um, so I'm in charge of the coordination of all the processes. Um, the the new processes also and uh, and then yeah the technology side of things and all the methods that we that we use uh, in the background. Okay, great. So, and how many people do you have in your staff? How big is your team? It's a good question. I'm going to have to do a quick math because yeah. um, that would include also uh, the academy side of things. Yeah. Um, so I would say on the first team side, it's probably. Uh, eight or nine, mm-hmm. and then another 
another five at the academy, so 13. Yeah, that's a pretty big staff. Yeah. Um, okay, great. And that makes sense. So, you know, obviously we've been in the pandemic with COVID-19 for almost well, over, over a year now. Mm -hmm. So how challenging has it been for you and your staff to your job, you know, during the pandemic? And, and how are things getting better now? Or what uh, do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I was, quote unquote, I was lucky enough not, not, not to be part of the last MLS season. Yeah. Uh, I was still with FIFA. Mm -hmm. So when I, accepted, when I accepted the job with Toronto FC, I knew that the uh, COVID-19 would be, uh, uh, if not one, uh, if not a the big one of the biggest challenge that we'll have to face because yep. because we're in Canada and mm -hmm. uh, it's very different than the way it's been uh, the way it's been dealt with or approached in the US and I was underestimating uh, the challenge uh, at the end of the day it's been I don't think anyone anyone for sure in North America has been more challenged than uh, Canadian teams in the MLS uh, we have to deal with uh, pretty drastic restriction when it comes yeah. to the Canadian government, and also, um, and also we have to deal with location. So the team has mm -hmm. been, the team was, the team has been playing the last season in Hartford, Connecticut, and this season they decided to go to the de, uh, to delocalize to uh, Orlando, Florida. So we just get back. We play our first home game. Uh, with limited, very limited capacity a few days ago, two days ago, and it, it was the first home game in. Since, since November of nineteen. So and how many uh, how many fans were in the stadium? We had seventy five hundred, but mostly uh, first respondent and health workers. Yeah, uh, that was a way to uh, a way to give back. And then we are playing uh, on Wednesday with fifteen thousand, which is okay. which is probably uh, which is less than fifty percent capacity for sure. Yeah, and, and um, I did and I did see that you were also training in Florida, right? We spent um, three months in Florida. But you're not sure. you're not going back there. Uh, hopefully not. Okay. <laughs> that was long enough. Uh, three months in the hotel training, and yeah. so obviously it's been extremely challenging. And honestly, it would be a, f a full podcast to go over everything that we've experienced. Yeah. Um, you know, we still have people in quarantine here, like like families that are not fully vaccinated. It's a strict two weeks at home mm. with, with with controls with the food delivered. So. In preseason, we spend two weeks in an apartment. We train for twelve days. Then we have a little outbreak. We spend another twelve days of not training in an apartment. So it was just, it was Painful. just, it was just impossible. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was just impossible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you made it, right? You've gone that far. Well, it's ha we're happy that everything like this is behind. But again, if it's hard to understand or realize how different they are. Uh, the situation is in Canada uh, than in the US. Not mm -hmm. not that the not that the virus situation is worth in itself. It's just that the uh, the rules and restrictions are, are drastically different. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I know it's it, it got it's pretty tough right now in Canada, right? Things are not getting that much well, better. Right? Again, no. In terms of number, Ontario is way ahead of any US state. Mm -hmm. So that part is given. Is the response? It's the is the the policies and response to the uh, to the to the virus that are very different. But in terms of pure number, when you go down to a population ratio, um, you know the restriction shouldn't be here, but pretty much anywhere else. Yep, that makes sense. So uh, you know, because we you know we have a community of sports and tech tech you know companies or so teams and sports tech startups and so on. 
and you use technology on your day-to-day life, right? So mm-hmm. from your perspective, what are your top three favorite technologies that you use today and why? Uh, it's it's tough to narrow it down to three. Um, Let's say five so, or ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first one, obviously, would be for me... Um, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna answer to the why as a, before before I give you the the what um, mm-hmm. the why would be uh, daily usage and widespread usage over the over the uh, over our, our roster you know other team that would be would be a criteria so if 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 I decide to go for one then I want it to be useful and and in return being useful means being used on the on the on the frequent basis by most of our players. So what do we do? And this is why on the top of my list, I'm probably going to list um, a tracking technology. In this case, uh, the GPS units that we yeah. have. Um, and then number two, you know, I've I've always used the heart rate, uh, yeah. whether it was you know early on in the early days with the uh, the team system with power and all that thing, or or now when two technology are integrated in one device, which is the sports bra. Um, yeah. Which you know, again, I've been in this field for uh, I'm 49 right now, so I probably started in my mid 20s. Um, so it's it's half a life. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't realize how much of a of a progress you know uh, we've been we've been making in in this area. So yeah, so this would be a two because you know obviously daily usage uh, across the board, um, great feedback, tracking, monitoring, volume, workloads, and everything else. Um, more recently, I've been I've I've been using I discovered and been using and, and really like uh, a technology can, named Kangatech. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are familiar with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't is, think I am. No, um, it's it's a simple well simple device. I mean, if it was that simple, I would have thought of it, but someone did before me in Australia. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's it's a it's a platform that helps us measuring a lot of. Uh, a maximum voluntary you know, isometric contraction. Yeah. So we can assess up to 30 different movements, yeah. um, which in turn is, is very useful when it comes to either activation, you know, screening, uh, return to play. Uh, so it's another one that, you know, again, uh, I'm using a lot, players are enjoying and, and really fill the gap because before we could assess, we could do a baseline on players, but not on, on as many movement that we can now and, and not as easily. So Yeah. And can, you, can you repeat, can you spell the name of the, the, the company so people were yeah. listening? Yeah, it's called Kanga Tech. So Kanga, like a, like a kangaroo, you know, yeah. K-N-N-G-A. Yeah. Uh, and tech. then Tech. tech. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, any other com- any other favorite technology that you use? Uh, no, we use false plate. You know, yeah. again, uh, for the uh, for the wellness assessment, we uh, we have we have contracts with Kitman Labs. We have contracts with a few different um, technology sources, but. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure that you know, I don't know if the listeners are familiar with, with these companies, but uh, I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah. maybe not so, the uh, the one from Australia, but the other okay. one that you mentioned, they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. so thanks for, for sharing that. Um, so you, you touched on that a bit, but so generally speaking, how important are technology in your work, and what are the biggest benefits of using technologies today? Is it to prevent injuries? 
see if a player is, you know, overloaded or mm -hmm. is at a risk of injury uh, or is it to help improve the player's recovery? What, yeah. what is it? I mean, it's all of the above. Let's face it. You know, yeah. um, the way I look at things, it's more, you know, in a case of, you know, if it's, if it provide if it's a technology that would provide you with an objective a way to get objective measures mm -hmm. then then you know it's it's going to in turn you know uh, reduce injuries because once you have these objective measures then you can you can you can either you know uh, address your weak spot or, yeah. or or get stronger have your strong spot and then you're going to perform better on paper on the other hand you know if you're looking at it from an injury reduction standpoint then then you may have to to fix some of the imbalances that you will have. So it's never one or the other. It's always it's always uh, you know all these all these topics are linked. Um, at the end of the day, for me, the the biggest the biggest advantage of using technology is is consist it's individualizing training. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it, this is a word that's been used for twenty years, but you know. Uh, Technology gives you the uh, gives you the tool to really get it done, really achieve that. Um, it's also it's also when it comes to um, to planning your workload, you know, and and, and control your workload, you know. It, again, it, it tells you if you're in the true or not. Uh, you can plan, you can measure, and you can either adjust uh, whether it's you know reducing or 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 doing it a little more. So. That that to me is is when technology is very useful. Where you know back then all you can use is you know you have the eye test and not much else. Now mm -hmm. you have you have all these machines that can that gives you if used properly um, are going to comfort you or actually are going to show you that that you may not be the right thing. You may not do mm -hmm. the right thing. Sorry. And and has it been recently some examples where you used a particular technology and that really help you prevent what could have been a serious injury? Can you recall an occasion where? Uh, again, yes, there are, you know, I mean, if, if I look at what we do today, we use a simple wellness questionnaire. So yeah. someone comes in, report a tightness, you know, so you go with him, you talk about his tightness, where is it coming from? You know, is it, you know, today you report it. In this case, he said, yeah, I started to feel it uh, uh, more than two days ago. Today yeah. it's still there. It used to go away. So, again, did this help us prevent an injury? I don't know yet, you know, because we're not talking about a serious injury yet. But yeah. it still it flagged it flagged something that could potentially turn into an injury. So uh, it's a, as it's as simple as a wellness questionnaire in the morning. As simple, you mean? Um, it used to be, you know. Um, Strictly oral, or used to be writing numbers on the sheet. Now it's done through phones. Um, it's completely remote. They have their app. It's quick. Um, yep. Whether they type their name on the iPad, so um, so that's one example. And again, it's not that it didn't exist before. Technology has made it in a way that it's less intrusive, more practical, more convenient, and then in return, the compliance uh, rate is higher. Um, so that's one. You know, one thing. Uh, one thing about objective measures is also when it comes to return to play. Uh, mm -hmm. So now, in this case, there, there has been injury. So to answer your question, it hasn't been prevented, um, but it helps you uh, really um, 
gradually come back to your playing level. Why? Because you have pre-injury uh, values and you can also control, you know, uh, spread the workload over a period of time in order to go back to uh, ideally not even um, pre-existing um, number, uh, pre-injury numbers, but even higher values. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, so next question is actually about, so when you're considering buying a new technology, right? Mm-hmm. What are the three things that you're looking for when buying a new technology? Well, one of them I already went over. You know, one of them is um, you want something that gets some usage. Mm-hmm. So it can be a fad that uh, you're going to use uh, once a month on, yeah. on, a few, on a few players. So for me, I'm looking at something that's going to help us um, as not, not only you know across the board, not only as a as a first team, but you know as much as possible as an organization. Yeah. Um, so, what criteria um, should be present for for uh, for this to be true? I think it has to be. You know, players need to be able to use it mm-hmm. without early on with supervision and early on with coaching but as much as possible, develop it is something that they can do on their own. Yeah. Um, number two, it has to be, it has to make sense for them, you know, as much as it makes sense for us. So sometimes it's just about uh, the way that you actually introduce the technology or explain it. Um, can it be, uh, can it be portable? You know, we just, mm-hmm. spent, th- we just spent three months on the road. Uh, you know, we moved, you know, we shipped a, a gym, but uh, can we ship like a, a machine, for example, and can we use it on the road when you play away games? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, good point. And obviously, I mean, obviously, let's face it, you know, it's about, you know, when, when it comes to users across the board, it is going down to the ratio, how much, how much do you have to pay for and, and, mm-hmm. and, and what do you get out of it? So... Uh, you have to be able to justify a, a, a purchase or especially a last purchase by by um, how crucial it is and uh, and how exactly are we going to take advantage of, of this. And more than anything, you know, organizations are all about one thing is, um, is it going to help us be successful in the long term? Yeah, maybe like cutting the number of injuries or improving yeah, the performance. Yeah, it could, it could be different ways. It could be, you know, uh, becoming... A, Becoming a better player, and obviously to become a better player, you have to be, you have to be healthy. So, yeah. Um, but yes, this is how you're being judged. You're being judged on the result, you know. Um, and I know it's, it's, it's simple. It sounds very simple, but it's, yeah. it's, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, is is quite as simple as that. Yeah, and I, it's funny. You know, I was, I, I won't give any names, but I, I'm always amazed that. For example, in the media, right, in Europe, for some of the largest and biggest soccer teams, sometimes they, when there's a number of injuries, many injuries hitting the, like some top European soccer team, have, the media are very quick to say, hey, that's because of the responsibility of the head of performance or mm-hmm. head of fitness. And I think it's more complicated than that. It's just not fair. Right? Yeah. Because sometimes, Listen, you know, there's yeah. freaking injury that just happens, right? It's yeah, not only that, but you know, it's 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 very simple. Um, 
For me, the best injury prevention method or reduction, however you call it, uh, mm -hmm. because there's always been injury. You know, I mean, you can prevent it as much as you want. You, know, you reduce a number, but there'd be a number. Uh, for me, the best method is consistency at training. And by consistency, I mean consistency on the training field. Yeah. Uh, so it, it goes in. It goes in many different forms. It's in how much. It's in what you do. Number one is what you do, and then how much. You, and then how much you do it, and then how often. So if aside from anything that we discussed so far, you know, even before all the uh, all, all the off the field method or processes that could exist, however you want to call it, what you do on the field every day. Um, how much of it is what's going to protect you the most, in my mind, to potential injury in games? Mm -hmm. uh, so obviously, then then it leads to uh, to uh, different coaches, different methods, different coaching style, and different sessions. Uh, so yeah, when when all of a sudden you know someone goes down, a lot of people go down, and they blame you know someone who's who's been in this position, you know whether it's recent or for years. Uh, unfortunately, you have to accept it if you're in, in our position, in my position. But again, uh, you're not exactly, uh, it doesn't mean that you're the only uh, culprit, you know. So, yeah, and on the other hand, when things get better and the number of injuries reduce, mm -hmm. I've seen sometimes media saying, Oh, this head of sports is a genius, yeah, he's amazing, right? Yeah, listen, and that's that's. That's what you get when you work in pro sport. You know this. Mm -hmm. This is a, a passionate, a passionate uh, world, and and you know I, I don't want to turn into a, a philosophy expert, but you know I remember when I was at school, you know passion meets excess, yeah, and um, that's what that's what you find. So again, you have to have experience. You have to, uh, you know, in sports you have to manage your. Uh, in tennis, they used to say, and it's the same in a few different individual sports. You have to. Uh, you have to take advantage, take advantage of your high moments and manage the low ones. So it's no yeah. different than, you know, when we have a, a rash of injuries, you have to uh, stay cool, you know, maybe not listen to the media, look what you're doing, assess what, you, assess what you're doing, see if you can, see if you need to adjust. That's just on the sports performance side. And obviously uh, the same apply to, uh, to the coaching staff in conjunction with us and, uh, because at the end of the day, we're on the same boat. We all want to win, and uh, and this is a constant, um, not struggle, but at least a constant challenge to uh, to find the right balance. Yeah, makes sense. So, hey, uh, two more questions. Uh, that one, uh, it's more around the technology. So, um, you know, you've come across a lot of technology companies and. If if you had a, an opportunity yourself to invent and build a product to solve X problem, whatever it is, right? You have unlimited resources. Technology is not an issue. Ideally, what kind of product would you like to build to make your job better? Maybe reduce injuries or uh, have you thought about that? Have you yeah. had any thoughts? Yeah, for me, it would be literally... Um Cutting the middleman, even if this doesn't exist, mm -hmm. in terms of having a way to uh, to upload everything we measure to a database yeah. with, without actually uploading it. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So I, I mean, your like, process, you mean? You I, want to yes. That? 
just just cut that thing, cut the having almost like a an instant API that would give us. I'm using I'm using uh, I'm using this machine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would go straight for the machine to the uh, to our database. Same thing for my trainers. My trainers have a have a logs on you know the treatment that are being done. They go through one software. Um, that software has to be then sync and and uh, and so that so that the same software is centralized on another software. It would be great to instantly get all this data at the same on the same platform, mm-hmm. not having not having to do any extra work. You know. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and maybe having some algorithm that makes sense of the data and tells you, okay, this guy is at a risk of injury, or you got to be careful with player. You know, this whatever. this this already exists. You okay. know, once once you centralize on some database, you know, some companies that actually we under contract, like Kitman Labs, maybe. Would, yeah, would have would have the manpower and the resource, the the, the necessary resources to uh, identify patterns and everything. Yeah. But again, if we it would then we have to load everything that we use here, whether it's mm-hmm. the athletic trainers, a a sports scientist on the field a strength and conditioning coach in the gym, the nutritionist, you know, yeah. they ha- on top of what they do, they still have to, through, AP- through APIs, you know, upload all these KPIs so that it's it's centralized on the same platform. Mm-hmm. It's being done, it's just time consuming, and it gets lost, it gets lost in a shuffle at times um, because, of, because none, not all of these... Um, Technology are integrated, and and to me this is everything. Everyone wants everyone wants to do it. Everyone says they're doing it. You end up doing it more or less, depending on how much time you have available, and uh, and it'd be a massive time saver if it could be done automatically. Well, so we've got you know we've got smart people listening to the, our podcast interviews and following our newsletter. So I'm sure there are some people out there who can figure it out. Um, it doesn't seem like it's super crazy to do. Um, so uh, I'm, again, I'm not an expert. I'm yeah. guessing that every company is getting on like a copyright, and uh, you know, you, you need for this to happen to maybe open some doors, um, some at least some um, some e doors, you know, up in the air right now that you know they may not be willing to do. Um, you know, I thought about it before. In, in those days and ages of of cybersecurity, you know, this could be mm-hmm. a concern. But uh, but yeah, all the other option would be the same company to buy everything we have to be the sole owner, which is not happening either. So, um, but yeah, something like this, something like okay. this. If if the same database would recoup um, all the all, all the um, the tools we're using here, and, and and the other challenge to this is that. The battery of tool we're using is is constantly evolving, so mm-hmm. they they, sh- they should be the ca- the ability for this for my dream technology to also do this. Well, maybe we'll try to help you with that. That's a good idea. Um, look, last question. So I'm sure you've been following the European Soccer Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're you're from France. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest disappointment or upset has been to see France lose against Switzerland. And I'm not saying that, you know, Switzerland didn't play well. I mean, they, you know, they deserved it. 
Uh, but what do you think went wrong with the French squad? Do we have to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, you can just be honest. Uh, yeah. No, no, oh, I, I'll be honest. You always get that from me. Uh, no, it's just because it's painful. Uh, yeah. So first of all, you uh, you nailed it. That Switzerland probably deserves it mm -hmm. uh, on, on that day. Um, you know, you just have to look at the timeline and you have the beginning of the answer. Uh, friends didn't play a good half. They're down 1-0. All of us, oh, next thing you know, they come out of the locker room. Uh, they play really well. They're up 3-1. There's, yeah. there's 10 minutes left. Um, this, if you rewind three years ago for the World Cup, when they have 3-1 with 10 minutes left, it's game over. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in this case, it wasn't. So to answer your question, I think the reason why it wasn't is probably a fewfold, but I see two of them. Number one, I think that um, there's a little bit of a complacency mm -hmm. um, at the start, and this would explain you know, some of the performances. And then once you have 3-1 and you think the game is done, which is a professional fight at this level. Yeah. Um, but this is human nature. The brains control the rest, and I think that we have we had some complacency in the team. Um, and number two, I think there could be a little physical aspect, which again, I'm not. It's not to be used as an excuse. It's far from it, because the Swiss already, you know, I think the Swiss were a little bit ahead of France uh, physically. Um, yeah. So to me, I don't want to look at the the congested schedule and everything else, I think it's just, it's just all the, the mental side of things where, um, you know, the, the high level is, is a, the difference is made on, at, at the detail level. And I, I don't think we were as sharp mentally um, as I say we, because you mentioned it, it's, I'm French, as mm -hmm. we should have been or as we were three years ago. So, Disappointing. I knew there was the oppo I, I could see the risk for this. Um, I also could see why the coach this time, you know, um, maybe uh, I'd loosen his grip a little, his grip on on the group, you know, yeah. especially and and now and this is usually uh, the recipe for not a disaster, but a recipe for. Uh, not as good as results. So yeah, if, yeah, you look, if, you, if you look historically at national team groups that have been successful, um, it's hard to repeat with the exact same group, especially this one, which was three years apart. I know France has done it in 98 and 2000. Spain has done it over a stretch of uh, four years. But mm -hmm. clearly this is the, uh, this is the exception to the rule. So, it's very frustrating and disappointing, but on paper, France had probably the best team in this Euro. But unfortunately, it's a team sport, and it's not a collection of individuals. There was some dynamics internally that were different this time. I don't have to explain. I think it's pretty obvious. And, uh, yeah. and again, what you get at the end is, is disappointing, not exactly surprising on the day, but, but frustrating for sure. Yeah, and, and I think you mentioned the, um, well, I talk about the athletic performance. I mean, there's been speculations, you know, the media are talking about maybe Deschamps, the head coach, trying thinking about replacing 
changing maybe the head of performance or fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get into the details, but mm-hmm. um, maybe that's something that he's thinking about because it's the, the assumption was that the players got worked too hard, you know, during the preparation. Yeah. And because of the climate, it was too hot. They were just too tired. And we'll never know what happened, right? But uh, no. I think people have ways to blame, blame somebody, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Didier, if you're listening, I'm, a, I'm, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, listen, I, I I'd be surprised if you know uh, this result is just like we discussed before. This result is is solely due to the work of a of a performance guy before such a competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be, but I don't think this would be my this would be uh, where I would look uh, where I would look at in priority. Uh, but having said all this, like I said, you got to look at yourself in the mirror, you know, every member of the staff, including the performance guy, and and then make sure you're able to reassess, you know, what you've done. Could he be, could he be a scapegoat after a result like this? More than, it's more than possible based on, on what I've seen, you know, in this world. Uh, is Cyril one the reason why France lost to Switzerland? Being up 3-1 with 10 minutes left? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would that'd be quite a stretch. Quite and a stretch. do you think that France can be back next year for the World Cup and win it? Well, in a weird way, you know, you would you would think that this is what this is maybe the best way to prepare them for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a positive look at things, you know. The negative look at things is um, this is the beginning of the end for this team. So I'd rather yeah. stay. I'd rather stay positive. There's just too much talent in this team. Uh, uh, talent will most likely would be there in 12 months. Um, yeah, to I agree. To not hope for a, for a good performance uh, during the World Cup. Again, it's all about details. It's all about learning from your mistake. Uh, whoever you know, whoever you are in that staff or, or also in that in that roster. Well, let's face it, um, and then hopefully. Um, Try to correct this in four. In I was about to say four years, in one year. Yeah, um, yeah that's going to be. That, that's not out of time, but you know they yeah. could do it. They can do it. Um, of course. Yeah. So look, we we we're at the end of the the interview. It was great talking to you. It was a pleasure. Uh, I want to thank you know thank you and wish you good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. anytime. Thank you. Okay. Bye.